Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday, and we have some guests today that have done some amazing things. And they have actually done a little bit of everything. We're talking about some single-family houses. We're talking about some IRO investments. And we're talking about passive investors also. They've done it all. And uh, we're happy to have them here to share with you today uh, how they've done this. With us today is Stacy and Nathan Milner out of northern Michigan. Welcome, guys. Good morning. You guys are all over the place, huh? We, well, we have been. We're a little bit more focused now, but we have jumped around a little bit. Well, let's take people from the beginning. Uh, as always, we want to share our experiences so other people can uh, mirror them to their own and figure out what the next step would be. You guys were living uh, where? In Texas somewhere at, to start with? Yeah, so we uh, we moved to Texas from Las Vegas in, in 2012, and 2012 was sort of when our real estate journey began. Uh, we turned a house that we had in Vegas into a single-family rental and managed that while we were living in the Dallas area. and scooped up a couple more single families while we, were, while we were in the Dallas area. Now, you were in corporate America at the time. What were you doing, yeah. Stacy? Oh, we had um, two little kids. So I was just having our babies at the time um, at home. Um, I did help manage the single family properties as well. Well, that's nice. You get to spend that time with your kids. Not a lot of people do these days. So let's, it was uh, amazing. let's talk about what made you guys decide to start with single family houses. This was even before you were members of Lifestyles Unlimited. So there is that moment. Oh, I know it was. You said, I'm sorry. I was listening uh, that you took one rent. You took your house and turned it into a rent house. So that was a stimulus then. huh? You saw that, liked it, what it felt like, what you were getting from well, it. it was- it was kind of out of necessity as well. Um, it, you know, it was a 2000, we bought the house in 2008 when things were still down. I thought we bought that at the right time. At the time we left, we were underwater a little bit, but it was not enough to walk away from or even short sell or write a check to the bank. And for years, I'd read books on real estate investing and knew I was going to do it, but didn't know how. And to us, it seemed like a logical opportunity. We firmly believe that if we held on to that house, not only could it make us a little bit of cash flow, but we believe it was going to appreciate and we would be able to sell it at some point in the future. And my goal was to sell it and pay the bank note off and forget about the $25,000 in rehab I put into it. Well, by the time we sold it, uh, we were able to actually make a little bit of money on that investment. So, you know, we we got lucky on that one. But uh, we believed in real estate. And when we moved to Texas, we didn't know where we wanted to be. I knew where my job was going to be, but we didn't know the area. Where do we want to live? And we didn't want to commit to a place, so we said, let's go buy a rent house, and we'll live in it, and we'll fix it up, and in the meantime, we'll decide what area we want to move to. And that's exactly what we did. We lived in that house for a year while, while we fixed it up. So essentially, we lived in a construction project for a year, and we made that house rent ready. We found a place to live in, an area we liked, and we moved out and immediately started running that, that house. 
And that went very well. Uh, and a few years later, we had the ability to take down an additional single family property, and we scooped that one up as well. Uh, both those properties, from a cash flow standpoint and uh, an, equ- an equity standpoint, turned out great. Uh, we obviously sold both of those at this point, but that was kind of our, our introduction, you know, self-induced introduction into into real estate investing. Now, I have to say, you must have a very strong marriage. Uh, to live in a construction site with kids. Uh, did you have the kids then also? We did not have the kids at the time. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, part we of the stress. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. I've lived in construction sites. I tried to remodel my own home one time just so I could have the excuse to buy the tools and uh, build something really cool. And uh, it was... It was a lot of fun for me as a kid or, you know, as a construction guy, but it was a nightmare living in that mess and so on and so forth. So um, as I I came home from work trip one one day, uh, Stacy informed me she was pregnant. So I was really motivated to get the construction project finished and get moved out into a house of our own. That will do it. There's no doubt about it. Kids change everything, don't they? Absolutely. I'll tell you, there's just nothing like it. They they change everything. So you guys... um, you did this. You liked it. You you enjoyed doing what you were doing. Um, by the way, which one of those houses turned out to be worth four hundred thousand some dollars? I saw back here in your notes somewhere. Yeah. So so neither neither one of them. That was a combination of just growing equity. So uh, basically, what happened was we in that very first rent house that we bought when we moved to Texas. It took a ten thousand dollar down payment. This was our primary residence, so ten thousand dollars down on that. Well, that one doubled in value by the time we sold it a little bit more, and we took the proceeds from that, did a 1031 exchange, and split those proceeds up between the duplex and the four unit that we uh, purchased right when we moved back to Michigan. And uh, just last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, we sold that four unit and doing another 1031 exchange on that and the equity from that. So between all, all the equity that we've captured from these three different properties, that's what's turned into that little over $400,000. Yeah, that's amazing if you look back at it. The average person it, it was, it, doesn't have $400,000 of side hustle income, right? I mean, no. yeah, you got your job, you got your 401k, you save, you work hard, you live your whole life, you retire with 400000 But to pick up four hundred grand on a side hustle, over, you know, what was 12 to 18 was five, six years, something like that. That's a lot of money, huh? Well, and it's it's probably more about like half a million because we still own that duplex. We still have not realized the equity that that, that property has generated. But, yeah, it's it's been eye-opening for us when we go back and, and actually crunch numbers on how did we do on these deals. And a lot of times we'll, we'll question is our math right. Uh, yeah, we know we did good on the on the property that we just sold and the ones we've sold in the past. However, to sit back and and realize that this started with a ten thousand dollar investment, I, I, it's it's amazing. Would have never dreamed that 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 it would work this well. No doubt. So let me ask you this: You came to Lifestyles. What stimulated you after you've already got your feet wet? You're already in there. What made you decide to look into Lifestyles Unlimited? Uh, it was actually it started with trying to do that 1031 exchange on our first Texas rent house, uh, and no one in our circle could tell us how to do it. So we talked to our realtor, no idea. Talked to my own accountant, my actual accountant, a CPA, had no idea how to do a 1031 exchange. You know, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know. 
so I was frustrated. I knew this was what we wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it. It's you know something I had read in a book or had heard about somewhere. I couldn't even tell you, but I knew that we were going to try and buy another property. So a, a close friend of ours was a a vendor on the Lifestyles vendor list, and he had told me about Lifestyles in the past, uh, and it just it it at the time it didn't seem like something that interested me. I wasn't I didn't like the idea of having to go you know, pay money to join something like, Hey, you know what? We already own two properties. We're doing just fine. You know, I don't need this. Well, I thought, figured out that we needed it. So I called him and within minutes, uh, he called, uh, the VP of the, the vendor program. And within minutes I had a contact for someone who would facilitate the exchange for us. And so before even joining, we got to see, see the benefits of it. So, after that, Stacey and I went and had lunch uh, with someone who was already a member and really liked what we heard. In the midst of this, uh, right after that lunch, Stacy had effectively moved back to Michigan with their kids to try and find a, a home for us. So I attended my first two-day while I was still living down there, so I had to spend a, a couple months wrapping up things in my former job and selling that property and selling our primary residence and packing up the house. Uh and got to experience my first two-day right before I packed the moving truck and, and headed back to Michigan. And in the midst of that two-day, it just became apparent that this is something that we need in our life. And I, it, it was obvious how much better we could have done with the two properties that we owned had we been educated. It was it was eye-opening to me. And I knew right then and there that life would have been different had we handled it. Although they're two very successful properties for us, had we handled those differently, we would own so much more. What were the real highlighted points for those people sitting out here right now? What the heck could you have learned that made so much difference? Can you share that with us, Nathan? Well, because of our situation and uh, the, it was really leverage because of what, what we had chose to do on our own thinking, oh, if we own a house free and clear, you know, we're brilliant. And I got schooled that day in the two day. Um, that's absolutely not the way to do it. And that was probably one of the biggest eye openers for, for us is that had we spread that equity out amongst 10 properties instead of one, oh, wow, would life have been different? Uh, you know, that $10,000 that turned into $400,000, that would have been a lot bigger number. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything about operations it, make a difference, or do you pretty much have those down pat? No. Nah, I mean, some of the concepts I think we adopted on our own, but not in its entirety. So uh, we did a really good job of fixing our properties up and making them look nice, but the the best product, best price thing was something that that we've continued to take to heart, and I think get better and better every time we rehab rehab a property, rehab a unit. Uh, and we did decent in spite of ourselves. Uh, but the the best price, best product thing was, was a huge part of of the education. You know, let's especially the concept of let's fix everything that could go wrong. If it's old, let's replace and let's fix it. And that's certainly something that we weren't doing uh, and, and paid the price for it a few times. So we've certainly adopted that. If something can go wrong, uh, it's going to get replaced when we're going through a rehab, whether that's every single light switch, a plumbing shutoff valve, an appliance. Just because it's working today doesn't mean it hasn't passed its, you know, its useful life cycle. Things fail. Uh, so making sure that we 
eliminate those failure points as be- to the best of our ability has made life a lot easier when it comes to managing our properties. So the leverage and the best price, best product thing were, were two big takeaways for me in that first two days. Always, always good ideas. Let's move on to what about the second day? Second day seems to slap people in the face that already have experience. Uh, what, what caught your attention on the second day? Uh, the idea that we could buy an apartment building. Neither one of us had ever even considered that before. Uh, and even at the time, it still seemed sort of out of reach because it was such a foreign concept. Meaning so many people, including ourselves, think of real estate investment as going and buying a rent house. Right? It's, it's, no one ever talks to us about, let's go buy an apartment community. You know, prior to going through the two day, had someone come up and said something like that to Stacey or I, we probably would have laughed. Like, well, how, how do you buy an apartment community? There's, there's no way. Uh, but there is a way. And if you get educated, you can do it. Uh, so that was an exciting part of things. Um, and then the idea that we could invest capital in other people's deals and not even have to manage it. That was that was really exciting as well. Uh, so like I said before the break, I, I was the guy in the back of the room calling Stacy saying, hey, we want to do this right now. And she's like, you know, give me a hard time about that because I don't make decisions very, very quickly. Uh, and that was one that we had even before going to two day, we knew we wanted to join. But we are going our plan was to join at the end of the year once we got settled into Michigan. And I just said, no, we need to do this now. Let's continue this education now before I move back up there We're gonna soak up everything we can. Uh so we, we joined right away. So when you guys came out of the two-day, and, and by the way, I'm just going to throw something out there for people that are listening. This is uh, for the audience uh, education. They bought two duplexes and, and fourplexes. And people that have never done real estate think duplexes and fourplexes are multifamily, but they're not. They're actually just single-family housing that happens to have a couple units. Um, multifamily housing doesn't start until five units and up, so it's a different animal altogether. It's, it, laws are different. Management styles are different. Everything's different about it, so it's a completely different business. When you guys now came out of this we, and you got right out of it and started taking all the education and everything, did you guys decide to try the passive investing first or the um, IRO investment. IRO, for those of you listening, don't know what it means. An independent real estate owner. In other words, you go buy an apartment complex by yourself as opposed to buying it in a syndication. So did you try the IRO first or the passive first, and why so? Uh, we, we did the passive first um, just because that's how the opportunities sort of produce themselves. Uh, in our area, there's very few apartment complexes that come up for sale. Uh, and so it wasn't that, you know, and initially I think we both thought that we were going to do more on the passive side, uh, but realized that we're going to control more of our own destiny if we can do some passive investing, but also buy our own properties as well. But we did All right, well, we've got to take a break right there. We'll be right back with Nathan and Stacey Milner and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. you 
with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Need more unconventional wisdom that'll set you free? Subscribe to Lifestyles Unlimited on YouTube and binge content that will actually help you get where you want to go in life from people who are already there. With over 50,000 members and 32 years of proven success, there's so much more we want to share with you than what we have time for on the radio. On YouTube, we go beyond our shows and feature our best content from podcasts, interviews, expo, master's tour, fireside chats, special events, and more. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Nathan and Stacy Milner out of Northern Michigan. Uh, purchased single-family houses, then progressed into IRO Independent owner apartment complexes, small apartments done by themselves. They also purchased into passive investments. Uh, let's pick it back up, guys, with the passive investments. Um, it says here that you've got 399 doors passively. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. How did you decide what to buy into? Did you decide that you would put more weight on the lead investor or more weight on the deal? How did you choose that, or was it equal? Uh, I mean, I think we have sort of mixed approaches to them, uh, especially between the two of us. You know, Stacy was hot to try on our first one. Just, I really liked the deal. Um, had faith in the leads, although we had not personally met them at the, at the time. Just really liked the story and what had already been done. Uh, so as far as is a deal or, or lead, we weigh both. We definitely weigh both. You know, if the deal doesn't look like it's going to re- produce a return that we're comfortable with, then we move on no matter, no matter who that lead is. Uh, and, and vice versa, just because a lead we know and like and trust brings a deal out, it may not be the right time for us. It may not be the right deal for us. So we feel like looking at both of those factors are, are very important to make sure we pick the right passive investments for us. Makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk about pace. You've got almost 400 doors. I don't know how many different deals that is. It says, uh, do you know how many different investments that there, is? Different. There's Three different deals. Three different deals. Okay. What was the pace of this? In other words, we did one three months in, three weeks in. We did the second one right after that or a year later. T- tell us the pace of buying into these. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it seems slow <laughs> <laughs> because that's just his way of doing things. Okay. She, she really pushed us to get into our first one, and that uh, we got into our first passive deal almost immediately after uh, – completing our our passive education Uh, so we jumped into that one very quickly and then the second one a lot smaller deal uh, was shortly after that we've certainly been trying to keep a a lot of dry powder to be able to take down our own properties as well so we've we've tried to find some sort of balance between being liquid to be able to buy something for us and still taking advantage of past opportunities that may come our way that's exactly the same balance that all of us that are IROs have. You know, we'll pick up a passive now and then. But Stacy 
as Nathan is right, there's more money in an IRO than there is in a passive because the passive deal, somebody's taking a piece of all the profit that gets done. And in an IRO, you get it all. Plus, you get more leverage, more write-offs. You just It works. You get a lot more profit that way. So um, you decide to go IRO. How long into it? Let's see. You've got it written down here, but I'm first one. Uh, no, that's a 14 years. It was 2020. So you remember from 18 to 2020 before you did your first deal? Yeah, and on that one, we weren't actively looking for multifamily until about, would you say, about six months before we actually found one, because that was also another push for my type B husband, that he wanted to do it, but he wasn't quite ready to throw offers in. So there was me throwing a lot of properties at him, but it finally took us <laughs> six months. I only laugh because <laughs> that's my wife. She throws deals at me every day. Look at this one. Look at the, we should get this one. Get, like, no, 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 no. It's, a, it's the, the life of a type B married to an aggressive woman is sometimes challenging. That's all I can say. It's exciting. I agree. I definitely it's agree. Exciting, <laughs> but challenging. Uh, okay, so you bought the you bought the fourteen unit. How's that worked out for you? It's been an amazing property. It's been it's it's worked out swimmingly well. Uh, I mean, the biggest scare for us when we were getting ready to take that property down was COVID hitting in twenty twenty. So we're here. We're getting ready to inherit uh, fourteen tenants that we don't know anything about. Are these people going to going to pay rent? So that was really our biggest concern, but as we came to, you know, com- you know, kind of came in on the closing stretch to closing that property, it, we were comfortable. Other than the COVID situation, the, ter- the tenants we were going to in- inherit, we were comfortable, and it's totally because of our, our education. So since then, we've uh, steadily increased the rents. Anytime we can force a vacancy, we go in and we rehab that unit from top to bottom, and the rents and rehabbed units are more than double what the units were getting when we took over. So the, the property has performed extremely well for us, and that's why we're excited to be able to take down another one. That is exciting. So um, we're going to ask you to do some math for me here in your head. doesn't have to be exact math, but if you think about what you paid for the uh, – the 14 unit back in 2020. We're now in 2023, almost the end, 24. Um, you, if you're raising those rents by 50%, did you say 50 or 100% increase? What was it? That was 100%. 100% rent increase. I mean, that has to do something to your NOI, which in turn, if your NOI is going up, your value is going up. Um, what did you see in value increase? Uh, we we went through the math on that to do a, a road trip presentation several months back, and like I mentioned earlier, when we did the math, we we were positive we did it incorrectly because the number we came up with uh, from what the value was at the time to uh, compare to what we put the money we put into it, it was over a four hundred percent return. I think we'll say it was like 480 something if, if my memory serves me correctly. And we were so sure that we had done that wrong and we weren't doing the calculation correctly. We called our mentor and said, hey, tell us what we're doing wrong here. And so she walked through it and started laughing. And 
no, this is crap. <laughs> and we were still just, just not not believing that this math was correct, but it is. So it, it's it, it's impressive what um, what raising the rents up and running a property properly can do for you. So now, Stacy, you being the one that had all the stimulus here to get things going, I bet you were feeling pretty good about it then, huh? Absolutely. Um, and I still, I'm the, I like doing the numbers. So I like to have, I'm like, hey, pull me some more numbers. What's our, what's our return so far on this one? And on that 14 unit, I think our cash on cash return is over 40%. So. Oh my gosh. Um, Are you kidding me? To look at, no. And we look at where we were conservatively, you know, projecting out this property. And this is where my be so conservative and then me, he had to rein me in, and I said, I knew it was going to perform where we were going to be at, um, but we did not, I mean, we had no idea it would make that big of a return so far. Um, but it's been fun to see the numbers, and we just, you know, keep doing what we need to do, um, keep turning over the property, um, the, the units, and increasing the rents um, to get them closer to market rent. It's been, it's been a, a good starter multifamily for us just recently closed is a 16-unit property. Why don't you share with us how did this all come about and why did you like this one so much? So we have been dying to buy another one for quite some time and just not the pro- right property hasn't come up yet. So we've had our eyes open for, I would say, over a year. And when this one first came up, uh, it, it looked good, but the numbers just didn't pencil with, with what they wanted for it. So it's been a process, but once we got in and got got a look at the property, it was maintained exceptionally well. Uh, you know, of course, it'll require our the you know the touches we normal normally put on our properties, but it, it was maintained well, a very very good location, and it, it was sized about right for for another IRO deal. What do you think the upside on this one is? Where's where's the uh, potential gains in this one? So for this one, um, the rents are very low, um, and and they purposely advertise it as one bedroom when it's actually all two bedrooms. So they're not capitalizing on the square footage that it is and that it's two bedrooms. I have to ask because I'm sure the audience is falling out of their chair right now. Why would they ever advertise it as one bedrooms when it's really two bedrooms? Well, their reasoning was is they really only wanted to have one single resident there. They didn't want to have more than one person in each unit. Do you know what they were doing is actually illegal? Are you aware of that? Oh, no, I did not. It's discrimination by family, familial status, by family oh, yeah. status. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually against the law. You can't do it. Whoever it was that owned it, they should have got sued. Because when you try to keep a property all single people, that's discrimination against families. And that is a suable offense. So I'm just sharing with the people out there. If you're one of those people who think you're so smart, well, I'm going to keep all the problems on my property by running it just as a singles place. You can't do that. You cannot reduce the number of people can live in the place to anything less than two per bedroom. So you've got a two bedroom there. You have to let up to four people live there. You follow me? And babies don't count as one of those. So if they, if there was two families and they each had a baby under one year old, you could have six people living there. And you can't say no to that without it being discrimination. So I just want to let you know that uh, in case that was one of those things that doesn't always get out there, but it does get sued if caught. So uh, you do have great upside, though. 
what you said is true. As long as you're seeing the upside as being, you're going to open it up. And people that are families are willing to pay more than single people also. Uh, they have to. Absolutely. they got to have a place to live with those kids, right? Absolutely. So a lot, of, a lot of times you have two working parents, too, which makes it even a better income base as a tenant. So, yeah, great upside potential in this from what it sounds like. Uh, on this deal. Now, when you say the utilities are high, you, the water, you've already talked about the water. Is there anything else that's ridiculously high, or is it just the water? I'd say the gas is high. Um, I don't know. We'll have a ton of ability to. It's a, uh, The gas is paid for by, by the landlord. Uh, so I don't know. There's no huge opportunity to lower the consumption of it there. I don't think we can make people turn yeah. the thermostats down. You probably, yeah, yeah you yeah. can't lower gas consumption much uh, unless no. there's a massive leak somewhere. But uh, just just going to rubs, hooking all the utilities that you can't build them directly to, you can build them as a rubs unit type thing. I got one more question I got to squeeze and I only have a minute and a half to get it in there. And that's this. Um, I mentioned to Stacy that your choice of multifamily or her choice of multifamily was way more profitable than uh, being passive. But do you know that being a, a lead syndicator is even more profitable than being an IRO? Have you figured that one out yet? No, but I've had uh, one of our mentors try to beat that into my head for a couple of years now. <laughs> so that that is the next logical step for us. So we we are that will be the next move once we get this property um, stabilized. Oh yeah, because you're earning not only on your own money the leverage associated with your own money, but you're getting some portion of what the passives are giving up for having you do it all for them. All right, guys, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. And the rest of you out there, remember this: it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.